With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Now when you hear, you know, all college football fight songs, we got to play that one. For Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, join us in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? Hey, good morning, man. Doing great. And really hard to believe that I'll be listening to that song uh, in three weeks. Uh, I'm covering the Auburn-Clemson game, one of a array of, uh, of great uh, intersectional ball games that are going to be played this first weekend. And um, hard to believe that in three weeks, the uh, I'm in the press box and the Auburn University marching band comes out on the field for the first time for another football season. You know, uh, interesting, uh, Lynn, you know, I was talking this morning, and I think you look now the way college football is headed with this weekend is going to be so incredible. And, and even though they're going to try, I don't know if you can top what this weekend means in, in college football, but I've never seen one like it. But I think the biggest winner we were talking about this morning, I'm of the opinion that no group of five will ever play for the national title. But this year with what the Houston Cougars have, that if there's ever a chance, I mean, could you imagine the SEC going 0-3, Auburn losing to Clemson, uh, Alabama losing to USC, and LSU losing to Wisconsin. The biggest winner of that weekend would be Houston if they could get by uh, the University of Oklahoma, which I don't think will happen. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, from the, from the SEC standpoint, uh, they could go you know, 0-5 or 0-6 in, in big ball games. Now, I don't think they will. I mean, they also go six and zero and establish themselves in a position that no conference could, you know, probably ever been in before, if they could do that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think there's never been a weekend this big in college football. Period. Uh, the only, the only time you could ever go back and find one, it, it would be interesting to do. It'd be interesting to go back and, and do that thing, you know, that we do every year and update through the uh, that. Uh, Operation Stassen.com on the internet. You can go back in and go under any period of time, and we have done it uh, for several years. Going back this year, we'd start, I guess, in 1955, and go up to now, uh, picking the decades after the after World War II, uh, which would give you back 60 years. And and that's a pretty good measure of how traditional a program has been. Who are the traditional powers, uh, rather than just saying who's been good the last 10 years or the last five years or the last you know whatever. Go back and, and do it for over decades since World War II. Uh, get get out of the you know the things that happened to the to the sport after after the, the war. Um, take those teams, and I don't know if we've ever had as many of the teams that would appear on that list play each other uh, in a weekend, unless back before television got involved, and we had all of your major football games on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And um, you didn't stretch them out over, over many days for TV ratings at night and all that. You might have at some time had a weekend that had this many great matchups. But it would have taken that to, to match up. People saying, oh, this is one, one of the best opening weekends ever. 
I'm going to maintain it is the best weekend ever, period, in college football for those matchups. But for the point you made, you're right. I don't believe there will be a, um, a non-Power 5 team play for it as long as there is a four-team playoff. It would take an extremely unusual circumstance for a, in a four-team playoff that happened. In an eight-team playoff, I think you will have a team uh, that's a non-Power 5 play. And that, it won't happen often, just like it doesn't happen often that you've got the, you know, the, quote, Cinderella teams make it to the Final Four. But in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, we've had several times when you've had the, the you know, the George Masons and the, the Davidsons and whoever else has, you know, been up there and made, I have to go back and, and think Butler. Um, but you do have it happen. And I think if you, had a, if you had eight teams that you very well could. Houston certainly this year. If Houston knocks off uh, Oklahoma, all the rest of the games they got are winnable. I'll tell you two others to look for in a, in a reputable conference. And, you know, I keep up with the Mountain West closely. Um, look for San Diego State or Boise State. Uh, San Diego State opens with California. That's a big-name team, but uh, they don't have a Jared Goff at quarterback. And, uh, and look after that. San Diego State does not play Boise State. They, they would play in the, in the championship game, but they don't play in the regular season. Boise State has three games that look like really big games. They've got, I think, Washington State, Oregon State, and Brigham Young. Uh, that's, that's a two power fives, and then uh, Brigham Young and, and Notre Dame you know, are considered on that level as, as independents. Um, and Boise State could win those. And uh, it, you could easily, well, not easily, but you could under, certainly realistically have undefeated Boise State play an undefeated San Diego State for uh, the championship of the Mountain West Conference. And either one of those teams could could make a legit claim, coming out 13-0, and 0, uh, could make a legit claim to get into playoffs. And if Houston were to knock off Oklahoma, there's some other decent teams in the American Athletic Conference, but they're going to be the, the bell cow if that were to happen. And you could see them being 13-0. and 0. Um, And with all the other conferences, there's not a slam-dunk team this year. There's not, uh, you know, you don't have a team that you can look at and say, well, they're, they're likely to run the table. Uh, I can I can argue against every single team being able to go undefeated. If you had, let's say, if you only had three teams from the Power Five that had one loss, now you probably have more than that. But let's say you only had three, and you're sitting there with Houston or the Boise State San Diego State winner at 13 and 0, um, you can make a real strong case that Houston or or the undefeated winner out of the Mountain West uh, should get a, uh, at least consideration for that fourth slot uh, if you had. Uh, if you had to go down to a two-loss team, so uh, so you're right. It's a it's a year when that uh, you know could couldn't theoretically happen. And I think if you ever go to an 18 playoff, which I do think will happen at some point, uh, I think you're going to have some years when you when you have teams that are in that position that get to be in, included in the playoff mix. Well, I think I think when you're looking at 18 playoff, definitely. But with a 14, I don't think so. But I want to look at Lynn talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. And Lena really studied this uh, Maurice Smith transferring from uh, wanting to transfer from Alabama to the University of Georgia. And I gave my opinion, and you shot it down uh, Thursday about the receiver that went to Missouri. And you told me the era of my ways with uh, Missouri being not being a threat, but Georgia being a threat. So I dug deeper, and I think it goes back. If you look, Georgia and Kirby Smart, the recruiting that he has been able to do, at the last minute he stole a receiver, uh, the guy by the name of Tyler Simmons. And then also was able to pick up a commitment, and now on the roster, Riley Ridley, who was the younger brother of Alabama standout, Calvin Ridley, 
So I, I think it goes into now you're going to see Georgia and Alabama the most heated recruiting battles, I think, when it comes down to it. And I think that uh, with Murray Smith finally being cleared to uh, go to the University of Georgia, do you give uh, Kirby Smart a win over Nick Saban in that aspect? Well, yeah, I think you do. But I was uh, speaking of, of the Mountain West, I, I did a show in Boise, Idaho, yesterday. And uh, this is this story is big news all over the country. And so the guy out there uh, on the on the air asked me, he said, do you think this is uh, going to make the Alabama-Georgia rivalry become more heated and, and become a, a, a really big rivalry? I said, no, I absolutely don't. I said, a team that plays, plays each other every six years uh, is not going to become a heated rivalry. Uh, I said, maybe if they had a, a history of a big rivalry in the past, it would rekindle that, but Alabama and Georgia, while it's, you know, they've had some decent ball games, it's never been a, it's never been a real a big heated rivalry. I said, what it is going to do, though, is uh, create and validate that there's a heated rivalry between Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban. And I think that is going to increase. I think the, uh, you know, the, the recruiting aspect is going gonna, is gonna to be there. I think that, uh, that Kirby Smart, because of being uh, at Alabama and the area that they recruit, which gets more into Mississippi and, and Louisiana, will probably increase the uh, amount of effort that they give in those areas, that Georgia gives in those areas. Alabama has always recruited in Georgia. They had a number of great players from Georgia, but not to the effect certainly that Georgia does and not to the effect that Auburn does and, and also probably Clemson. And so I think you may see Alabama competing more against Georgia and Auburn for teams from the state of Georgia and you may see uh, Georgia moving more toward Mississippi and Louisiana to compete for players there, which would just intensify what looks like it's going to be a rivalry between, uh, between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. I don't think it's going to do anything for the Alabama-Georgia rivalry. Uh, you know, just, just same as that. That's really the same uh, situation as, you know, Alabama playing Florida or, you know, Auburn playing uh, Florida. Because you don't play them, you don't play them often like you used to, and, it's, and that's one of the big losses, uh, Nick, that we've had is um, is the fact that we have lost some of the uh, some of the great rivalries uh, that were in the old Southeastern Conference when we've added, uh, you know, Arkansas and Texas and Missouri and South Carolina. Well, Lynn, I was talking to you the other day and uh, about uh, one of these particular teams, and I'm going to bring them up. But I was looking and I heard Gus Malzahn and Kevin Steele. We, we focus on the SEC West today, but. You look at uh, Kevin Steele and Gus Malzahn talk about the defensive line at Auburn perhaps being the, one of the best in college football. And then you, you look at a school like Arkansas with high expectations. And, of course, you look at Alabama with an uncertainty at quarterback. I think if you look at Brandon Harris has developed, that, that LSU could be the team to beat. And also you told me that you felt, because I told you how I thought Arkansas was really strong, and you told me that you felt Arkansas – could be one of the most overrated teams in the conference this year. Yeah, Arkansas, and I, I talked to a, um, the day after that, after you and I talked, I talked to a um, radio sports guy in Arkansas that covers Arkansas on a regular basis that was at their uh, scrimmage on either Wednesday or Thursday and then that will be at their scrimmage today. And because I, I, I told him I want to get some insight uh, that I would not you know, quote him by name. And he told me this. He said uh, that they – you know, they've got to get their offensive lines straightened out. They've got an offensive lineman named Skipper, who uh, we got him all SEC. He's a 6'9 or 6'10 guy. If you see Arkansas this year, you know, their offensive line was the biggest one in college football last year. And uh, and they lost 
three of those guys, I believe. But Skipper's a, a giant. He's a he's a six nine or six ten, three hundred thirty pound guy. He'll tower over everybody. Um, they're probably going to use him at left tackle, and and may use him there permanently because Austin Allen's going to be the quarterback. And you know he's this is Brendan Allen. This is his brother, Austin Allen, and uh, and Austin Allen, um, you know, hadn't played, and so you've got an inexperienced quarterback with three new guys in the offensive line. He's a right-handed quarterback, so his his blindside tackle is going to be the left tackle, and so it looks like they're going to move Skipper there, so they have the biggest and most experienced guys as blindside. They lost both of their running backs. They lost uh, Williams and Collins. Uh, both of those guys were thousand yards rushers. The only team in the country that lost two thousand yard rushers, um, and and they lost Hunter Henry. They lost their uh, the top tight end in the country. They won the Mackey Award. So and you know then the receivers are okay, but they've never been known as a school with great receivers anyway. So you've got a uh, you know a, a new quarterback uh, with a with an inexperienced offensive line for the most part that's lost his two best running backs and lost the best tight end in the country. Uh, that's not the formula for for uh, for being a championship contender. And uh, their defense is going to be pretty good now. They return like eight or nine starters on defense. But, uh, you know, you use Auburn for an example. At the end of the year last year, Auburn's a pretty good defensive team. But if your offense is not able to make the big play, you're not going to win. Uh, you know, you can stay in the games. Uh, you know, again, using Auburn, they lost four games by a touchdown last year. So if their offense could have scored one more touchdown, they could have been a 10 or 11 win team instead of a 7 win team. But, um, you know, if a frog had wings, as they say. Uh, you know, if you don't if you don't have an effective quarterback, if you don't have a good offensive line to protect them, then um, you're probably not going to be a really good team. And right now, Arkansas doesn't show me that it's got that. Now, uh, you know, they open up with Louisiana Tech right there in your backyard. Uh, as I said the other day, I I would pick Arkansas to win the game, but it's it's not an impossible thing that Louisiana Tech could go in and beat Arkansas. Uh, then I believe they play TCU the next week, I think, and that will be a real test now. Uh, I, I don't know if the TCU comes in there to their place or they, they go to TCU. But TCU is not going to be a championship contender in the Big 12, but they're a competitive team. They always have a solid defense. Um, you know, Coach Patterson has a good team down there. And um, and they, we'll, we'll see what they do when they play TCU. They are fortunate they don't have one of these huge bell cow non-conference ball games like uh, like like so many other teams in the uh, in the SEC does and so many of these things around the country. So we'll we'll see, but I, I do feel like those those people that have got hey nobody's got them like second in the West or anything, but um, but I but I do feel like that uh, that they're that, you know maybe they're giving more than and maybe I'm going to be proven wrong on the LSU thing. I'm going to tell you I'm I'm going to pick unless something changes. And I, I spoke to a Civic Club on uh, on Thursday, and they asked me my prediction. I I picked LSU to win the West and play for the championship. Um, I think I think LSU uh, this is I think this ought to be their year. They return what 18, 19 starters. Uh, they've got outstanding running backs. Uh, the wide receivers are uh, are good. They've had some defections at wide receiver now. You know, they lost another wide receiver this year, uh, this past week. That's leaving. I think they've lost three wide receivers since they since they had the coaching change to bring in uh, Damian Craig. I think Damian's coaching their wide receivers, and um, I think they've had three guys that have left the program since then. That's that's not a good sign. But the offensive line solid, defense is solid. Uh, you know, and I think these players are going to feel like they've got a lot to play for. Now, I've not inter- interviewed them direct, so I'm just talking what I would think would be common sense here. With the way that the season ended last year with Coach Miles, um, the rather inauspicious way that he was treated toward the end of the season, um, I think these, these players are going to have a, a chip on the shoulder. 
and think, well, let's let's go out, and let's let's do it for Coach Miles. Let's 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 prove that he deserved to be here. The coaching staff did that. We're that we're a good ball team, and um, I think you're gonna have a team that's got a lot to a lot to show. I think they're gonna go to Wisconsin and uh, and beat Wisconsin. Uh, which, as you and I have talked, I would uh, I take that game over any game in the country. Uh, the first weekend, just to say I was there for the only college football game that's ever been played at Lambeau Field. Uh, that what a what a great setting for LSU to kick off an outstanding season if they can go in and beat Wisconsin at historic Lambeau Field, first time that uh, the college game's ever been there, fitting that Wisconsin would be there if LSU could knock them off. That springboards them uh, looking ahead uh, just three weeks to when they come to Auburn, and that would that could be a, a real classic ball game if Auburn's shown anything. And that, again, that all goes back to the quarterback. You know, Auburn could be. Uh, could be 0 3 then. You know, they play Texas A&M. It's going to bring in Trevor Knight. Uh, Auburn opens with Clemson. It's got Deshaun Watson. Clemson easily has the best offense in the country. No, nobody's close to them. There's some other pretty good teams, but Clemson is far and away the best offense in the country. Uh, will Auburn's improved defense be able to do anything with them? And um, Auburn's got Arkansas State sandwiched in, in there between them. Arkansas State was a 10 win team, and they're our prediction. Uh, to win the uh, the Sun Belt Conference, so that's not an automatic for Auburn. No, no more. You know, Alabama between Southern Cal and uh, and Ole Miss, they got Western Kentucky sandwiched in there. Well, Western Kentucky, we're picking Western Kentucky, who is a I think eleven win team. We're picking them to be the champion for Conference USA. So both of those teams play uh, play uh, teams that are that could be sleeper teams that are going to be good that we pick to be conference champions. And um, I'll tell you another one, too, is Kentucky and Southern Miss. First game of the season, you know, everybody's overlooking with all these other outstanding games we've got. Uh, Kentucky better watch out because with, uh, with Nick Mullins, the quarterback, uh, Southern Miss has turned into a pretty good ball team. And uh, it would not surprise me at all to see them roll into, uh, roll into uh, Lexington and, and beat Kentucky that first weekend. So this could be a classically huge weekend for the SEC, but it also could have some pretty embarrassing losses. For, for ACC teams. We're talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. And, Lynn, one thing I really like about uh, the magazine, which you, everyone, our listeners, can purchase here at the Depot, 211 West Railroad Avenue in downtown Ruston, is the fact that you guys have partnered with 24-7 on the national recruiting scene. And I really enjoy going by and look at the rankings. And I tell you, I'm probably the only person that's not a Georgia Bulldog fan or a North Carolina Tar Heel fan but I'm really looking forward to it, and I think you talk about the Kentucky-Southern Miss game that's been overshadowed. No one's talking about the Georgia-North Carolina game, and I think you're going to see Kirby Smart's defense versus Larry Fedora's offense, and I'm going to see if Georgia's going to go with uh, Jacob Eason, the guy ranked as the uh, second-best quarterback coming in as opposed to uh, Shea Patterson at Ole Miss. But uh, Jacob Eason, is he going to get the nod at Georgia? And talk about that matchup. That's one I'm looking forward to. No, I agree with you. And on, on the Jacob Eason thing, I've got two different sources that had Jacob Eason the number one quarterback in the country. Uh, you had like four different quarterbacks that were named number one in the country by different people. Um, no, certainly nobody had the, had the showing that Jacob Eason had in, uh, in the spring game at Georgia with like 400 yards or something. I mean, he was clearly the best quarterback, but that was going up against, uh, up against his own team and having a yellow jersey on so you can't get uh, sacked or hurt the quarterback. But I, I don't think I, – I, I kind of will be surprised if Eason starts, but he, he certainly will play. And, and I think by the end of the year he's probably going to be the guy, and I think he'll be a great quarterback for the future for, for Georgia. But you're right. Um, 
you know, you're you're looking down the list. I've got the list of SEC openers, and Georgia, who I think will be second in the West, going up against North Carolina, uh, who I think will be probably second, uh, probably play again for the championship in in the ACC, just validates the the magnitude of the other games that are being played this first weekend that Georgia uh, and North Carolina are an afterthought. Uh, that's that's uh, uh, Jacob Eason. Uh, and if they're healthy enough to play, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, uh, you know that's that's an outstanding uh, array there. Uh, if Chubb and, and Michelle are, are healthy, they're the two best running backs on any team in the country. Um, going up against uh, North Carolina and Gene Chizik's defense, and that's a classic matchup. That's a great way to start the season, and that can't get any better than about number six billing in in, in the SEC uh, schedule of games. So you're exactly right. It just validates, uh, and that would be a great game. There, I would. Hey, there are, uh, you know, Notre Dame plays at Texas that first week. I mean, when, how, how many? How often has it been that nobody talks about that? You know, Kansas State with uh, with Bill Snyder plays Stanford. We got, you know, Stanford. We got them being the best team out on the West Coast. Uh, they got the best player in football, Christian McCaffrey, who should have won the Heisman Trophy last year. He's the best player. Um, you know, you got, and then Oklahoma and Houston that we've already talked about. Which that's Oklahoma's number like three in the country, but Houston's like twelve or thirteen or something, and and Houston's got a pretty clear road. I mean, they got other games they could lose, but I mean, this is the season for Houston, and if they can if they can win that ball game, it's, it's being played in Houston, isn't it? Yeah, it's being played in Reliance Stadium, and yeah. I tell you, uh, Manhattan, Kansas is going to sell you, uh, send you another check because I don't think we've ever had an appearance on the Nick Brown Show or on the Sports Company that you haven't mentioned uh, Kansas State and Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. So, uh, I, don't, I, don't, they... I don't, I don't know if that game's played in Manhattan or not. I don't know if it's played in, in uh, Palo Alto or Manhattan. No, I mean, doesn't really. But you're right. Kansas State's a great place to cover a ball game. I, I wish I could get a sign to go out there pretty often, but it. it uh, it doesn't matter where they play the thing. Bill Snyder is a solid coach with a veteran coach and uh, probably the only coach that's coaching in a stadium that's got his, na- his own name on the stadium. Huh. I don't know if that's true or not, but it might be. But there's well, just some great ball games, Nick. It's just, uh, you know, there are 10 or 12 games that, that uh, a guy that does what you and I do for a living uh, would, you know, <laughs> would jump at the chance to, to see them. I, well, I, I got to ask you a question. One of those guys that chooses to watch a game on TV instead of go see it in person. But if there was ever going to be a weekend when I said, set me three TVs up and give me three remote controls and uh, you know bring me some popcorn, this would this would be the weekend to do it. Well, Lynn, let me tell you, technology, I'm going to get you up to speed. You're only going to need one remote control. And this is the year that I'm going to be that guy the opening weekend. So I can get one remote control to control all three of your TVs. And what I ask you, you know, I'm not sure which game I'm going to have on the TV in the middle or which, which game I'm going to have, the one on the left or the one on the right. But I'm going to tell you, I want to go to your backyard. Can you tell me when Alabama's going to name a starting quarterback and when Auburn is going to name a starting quarterback? Because I keep waiting to hear Cooper Bateman. And everyone has text, uh, texted me and asked me since the Netflix series came out, is Franklin the third going to start? Who is going to start? Any announcement from, from either of those two schools? No, and, and I'll tell you, if I were those two teams, I wouldn't announce it uh, until the uh, PA announcer at the stadium says, and now it's time to announce your starting lineups. I mean, why would you get – what advantage does Alabama have get, letting Southern Cal or Auburn have letting Clemson, uh, letting them know who to defend against, who to prepare against? I mean, I would – there's no advantage to that. Uh, you know, Clemson – Clemson has a very good defense, 
Uh, the strength of Clemson's defense is their defensive line as well. They got three all-star caliber defensive linemen. Um, and Southern Cal, what's not a classically great Southern Cal team, it is Southern Cal. And why give those guys the advantage of, of knowing that? I would keep them guessing with, with uh, Alabama. Um, you know, Cornwell has been hurt. So he didn't, he didn't uh, uh, participate in, in, uh, in the active practice later this week, David Cornwell. Um, so right now, Blake Barnett and, uh, and Cooper Bateman would have the, the upper hand at Alabama. But, uh, you know, you still got three weeks until the ballgame. And at Auburn, uh, the styles of play are so different between, between the three, between Sean White, Jeremy Johnson, and, and, uh, and John Franklin. Um, you know, they're, they're different styles. They're all different kinds of quarterbacks. Make the make the other team be prepared for any of the three of them, because you're going to see uh, if according to which one of those three plays, you're going to see different plays and different uh, running the plays differently, uh, and, and emphasis put on different aspects of the game according to which quarterbacks out there. Um, I don't see an advantage to telling it. So if I, you know, if they ask my opinion, which you know the next time they do will be the first time, but uh, I would tell them uh, keep it under your vest. Uh, you know, maybe don't let your even your players know until Friday night before the ball game, so when no press can get to them, and ask them please don't tweet it out to your friends, and uh, let's let's uh, let Clemson take the field on uh, on Saturday, not knowing which quarterback is going to be out there, and do the same thing with uh, with Southern Cal. Well, one thing that uh, I think is going to be interesting to watch, and many people may not know this, but I uh, just inspire people to greatness. Who knew that the walk-on quarterback uh, that I used to eat lunch with in Sewell Hall would become the head coach? Uh, of USC and uh, Clay Helton, so that one's going to be. So he knows a little bit about the University of Alabama. Take you to that matchup. So I'm anxious to watch that little dynamic take place as well. Yeah, you've got you know Kim Kim Helton. Uh, I believe was a coach at Auburn at one time. Of course, Clay Helton played at Auburn, and um, so it's a it is an interesting thing. I, I think you probably got a lot of Auburn fans that kind of uh, not necessarily just because they're playing Alabama. I think you got a lot of Auburn fans fans that have uh, that have been quietly pulling for Helton. Uh, since he was named that, uh, under you know, not the greatest way to come in and uh, and take it over. Not trying to to kick somebody that's already under the bus, but Steve Sarkazian did not leave a really good situation for Helton to walk into. And um, if uh, if he's able to you know have a really good season this year and and bring in a good recruiting class and all, because uh, so that uh, he kind of had one hand tied behind his back when he when he took the field. Uh, as head coach at Southern Cal, it would be good. He's a good guy, and it would be good to see him do well. I'm, I'm sure Auburn people probably are pulling for him, uh, you know, more than, more than most in other parts of the country, because not a lot of people know what his background is. Well, I tell you what, I think he can work those problems out with a $3.8 million a year salary. Just what you make on an average week a year over at Lindy's Magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he'll, he'll make about as much money as I wish we'd make as a company for an entire year. So, you know, the, uh, you know you're, you're right. Uh, you know, when you were uh, walking walking to the, because uh, back in those days, of course, Sewell Hall had the dining had the dining hall. So uh, when you were walking uh, from from your suite uh, around the hallway there to get down to the dining hall, little did you realize that uh, that he'd be bringing in three million a year. Yeah, I may have to call him up and remind him of that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I suspect guys in those positions probably get a whole lot of uh, of calls from old friends and uh, poorly remembered family members, uh, don't they? When probably when those contracts are announced. Well, no, I'll just keep calling you, Lynn. I always enjoy talking to you with you. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning. i got to ask because I never remember. Last thing we're going to say, tell everyone about the website. Our uh, website, lindysports.com, www.lindysports.com, with two S's in the middle. Um, 
uh, look for us. For right now, you can find schedules and rosters and, and uh, preseason stories on, on all your favorite teams, college and pro. Uh, once the season gets going, uh, we have a lot more uh, original columns. I write columns most every week, as do others of our, of our staffers. Uh, we've got uh, you know contests that people can enter, and um, you know we we put uh, put about a hundred new stories up every day uh, on different sports, primarily college uh, college and pro football, baseball and basketball. Uh, encourage people to go in, and uh, we've got an attractive attractive site. Uh, and and the good thing about us, it's not hard to find what we do. We don't try to be everything for everybody. You know, if you want to know what the, the score is in the fourth inning between the Yankees and the Red Sox, don't come to us because we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna cover that. Uh, you know, you got sites that, that do that. We know what our position is and what our niche is. And uh, if you want attractive content on the sports that we cover, uh, I encourage you to go to LindySports.com. Hey, certainly appreciate it, Lynn, and you have done it again. We will talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Nick. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.